You're listening to the Catholic Fragments Podcast, where we explore the treasures of Catholicism, the fullness of truth revealed in Jesus Christ and His Church. I'm your host, Dr. Donald Wallenfang, and I invite you to join me in gathering up the fragments of the truth that sets us free. From the Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 1. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done unto me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady of Mount Carmel, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the Catholic Fragments Podcast. I'm Dr. Donald Wallenfang, and what a joy it is to introduce a rather hidden yet powerful ancient hymn of the Church that is especially fitting to pray during the Advent and Christmas liturgical seasons. It is called the Akathistos Hymn. And in the present episode, we will discover the origin and meaning of this rich theological text that roots us more deeply in the timeless mysteries of the Catholic faith. So first, before we get into the actual text of the Akathistos hymn, I want to share a little background about this hymn, how it was composed and first sung within the church, 
and how it was handed on throughout generations to us in this present era of faith. So the living tradition of the church offers so many spiritual treasures that we are wise to gather up. There's an ancient saying in the Latin language, lex orandi, lex credendi, which means the law of prayer is the law of faith. Which also is to say, as the church prays, so she believes. So as followers of Christ within his one holy Catholic and apostolic church, we do well to pay attention to how we pray, all the various liturgical prayers, hymns, how we worship God, and what these practices of faith have to say about God's revelation and what we believe about God. I first encountered this Akathistos hymn only around 10 years ago. I came across it, what seemed very randomly, Maybe I came across it in the Manual of Indulgences or something, and I was intrigued by what is this hymn that there is a plenary indulgence assigned to praying this hymn. And I looked it up online and started to read through it and was amazed at what I found. So I printed it off right away, and in my hands I still have the copy of this hymn, which I printed off, on December 5th, 2012. Still has the date on uh, the, uh, the pages that I printed. And after I printed the hymn, I began to include it in my regular prayer, especially every year during the season of Advent and then Christmas. I found it so appropriate. Though within uh, the Eastern Orthodox churches, this hymn is prayed during the Great Lent. So it's fitting any time of year, really. But as I read through it, it does relate a lot of the events of the nascent years and early years of the life of Jesus, his incarnation, his birth, presentation in the temple, and so on. So the origin of this hymn, why is it called Akathistos? Akathistos in Greek means not sitting or without sitting. And this is to say that when the hymn is prayed, the people praying it together in community are meant to stand. When we think of the various postures through which we pray in liturgy, there are several. Sometimes we sit, sometimes we stand, sometimes we kneel, even sometimes we might lay prostrate on the ground. The Akathistos hymn is one of those hymns which it's appropriate for the entire congregation to stand. We notice this especially during the proclamation of the gospel within liturgy. When we sing the Alleluia, we stand for the proclamation of the gospel. It's a posture of victory, a posture of praise, a posture of triumph, a posture of overcoming, a posture of dignity posture of adoration, great reverence and respect. So this hymn carries this kind of posture about it. It comes from the Eastern liturgical rites in which there are many akathist hymns 
many hymns in which the congregation stands as they sing, but the primary Akathist hymn among those to the Most Holy Trinity or to the Blessed Theotokos, Theotokos in Greek means the God-bearer, meaning the Blessed Virgin Mary. There's other Akathist hymns to angels and saints. Again, they're not all worshiping um, anyone but God. In the ancient Greek, there's a distinction made between dulia, hyperdulia, and latria. Latria is what we mean by worship of God alone. Then dulia is that veneration or reverence that is appropriate to give to the martyrs, to the saints, to the angels. And we give greatest reverence, not worship, not adoration, as we do to God alone, but greatest veneration, hyperdulia, to Mary, the Blessed Virgin Mary. This Akathistos hymn, known as the Akathistos to this day, is a hymn that venerates especially the Blessed Virgin Mary with the recurring phrase, Rejoice! Rejoice, O Bride Ever-Virgin. Rejoice, Blessed Virgin Mary. This hymn originated in or around the year 626 when the Byzantines, these Eastern Rite Christians, defended themselves against an attempted Persian siege of Constantinople, present-day Istanbul. This was the, the central city of Eastern Christianity in the ancient world, the seat of the Byzantine Empire. And while the siege of the Persians lasted for around three months and the Byzantine people were getting desperate, Patriarch Bishop Sergios led a procession with an icon of the Theotokos, the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Mother of God, in hand along the interior city wall of Constantinople to encourage and strengthen the faith of the Byzantine army. Shortly thereafter, a severe storm that generated tidal waves on the Sea of Marmara dispersed and diverted the attacking Persian fleet and thereby ended the siege. In thanksgiving, the faithful of Constantinople spontaneously filled the Church of Divine Wisdom known to this day as the Hagia Sophia Church, with Patriarch Sergios leading the people in an all-night prayer vigil without sitting, that is, the Akathistos, revering the Blessed Virgin Mary for her maternal intercession for their welfare. So it's a beautiful scene to remember this thanksgiving for the powerful intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, protecting the people from destruction, from being overtaken by an adversary. And it's so applicable in so many situations in life, when we feel ourselves under siege, especially under the siege of demonic influence in our lives. This is a real strengthening hymn. This akathistos it's a style of Greek hymn called ekondakion, which means scroll. It's comprised of 24 poetic stanzas, and in Greek each stanza is called an oikos, or house. 
arranged in an acrostic following the Greek alphabet. Alpha, beta, so on. Most lines of the poetic hymn begin with the Greek word kaire, which we'd say in English rejoice or hail. This word especially recalls the archangel Gabriel's greeting to Mary, which we heard in her opening prayer. Sometimes translated hail, favored one, hail, full of grace. It begins the Hail Mary prayer in the Catholic tradition. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. The Greek is kaire, kekaritomene. Kaire, kekaritomene. Hail, having been filled with grace. The one who has been filled with grace. Here we are reminded of the Blessed Virgin Mary's Immaculate Conception. Preserved by a prevenient special grace of God. Immune from all stain of original sin. The teaching of the church that Mary is without sin by God's grace. She's the immaculate conception. She's the perfect living personal vessel through which God takes on flesh for us and for our salvation. So this is something for us to rejoice about. Rejoice about every day that we are being saved by God. Beginning with this yes of Mary, the incarnation of God enters the world. God the Son takes on flesh to save us, to suffer with us, die with us, and to rise so that we could be risen with him into eternal life. This is the good news. This is the greatest news on the face of the earth. And so we should rejoice with great thanksgiving about it. This akathistos hymn, this word kaire, kaire, rejoice, rejoice over and over through the hymn. The author of the hymn, scholars speculate who exactly composed the original text of the hymn. It appears it was added to by Patriarch Sergios, at least. Uh, but Romanos the Melodist, uh, in modern scholarship, uh, is the author thought to have composed this hymn. Uh, and also there's the person, George of Pisidia, who scholars wonder if he too may have had a contribution to what's known as the Akathistos hymn. I remember the first time I prayed this hymn in the back of a chapel. I was in this chapel all by myself and, and brought the text of this hymn I had recently printed off and wanted to pray this text. And how wonderful it was. I was struck by its theological brilliance and potency. It expresses the events surrounding the incarnation and birth of Jesus with an incredible eloquence that helps to put us in touch more intimately with these saving mysteries of faith. And now today, the Magisterium of the Catholic Church grants a plenary indulgence, a full indulgence, to the faithful who devoutly recite the Akathistos hymn in a church or oratory, or in a family, a religious community, or an association of the faithful, and in general, when several of the faithful gather for some honest purpose, according to Grant 23 in the 
current version of the Manual of Indulgences. So all this is to say it's very highly regarded, him within the tradition of the church, that has so much spiritual merit impregnated within it. So let's hear just a few of the opening stanzas of this hymn. Primarily, I just want to read them that you can hear them. Again, I'll have a link to a version of the hymn in English online that you can print off for yourself and pray if you feel so moved. But I just want you to hear some of the hymn and I may offer some passing commentary on it. The Akathistos Hymn to the Blessed Theotokos, the God-bearer, Mary, Mother of God. Having secretly received the command, the archangel hastened into Joseph's abode and spoke to the Holy Virgin. He who bowed the heavens with his descending is wholly contained, yet unchanged in you. And seeing him taking the likeness of a servant in your womb, I stand in amazement and cry unto you, Rejoice, O bride of a virgin! Rejoice, O bride ever virgin. Rejoice, O bride ever virgin. Unto you, O Theotokos, invincible champion, your city in thanksgiving ascribes the victory for the deliverance from sufferings. And having your might unassailable, free us from all dangers, so that we may cry unto you, Rejoice, O bride ever virgin. So we hear in this opening of the Kontakion this reference to the intercession of Mary defending the Byzantines in the city of Constantinople from invasion. And again, it's such a paradigmatic scene because this can be applied to us in our daily lives as we stand in so much need of deliverance in so many different ways. So let's go on to this next stanza. The archangel was sent from heaven to cry rejoice to the Theotokos. And beholding you, O Lord, taking bodily form, he stood in awe. And with his bodiless voice, he cried aloud to her such things as these. Rejoice, you through whom joy shall shine forth. Rejoice, you through whom the curse will vanish. Rejoice the restoration of the fallen Adam. Rejoice the redemption of the tears of Eve. Rejoice, O height beyond human logic. Rejoice, O depth invisible even to the eyes of angels. Rejoice, for you are the king's throne. Rejoice, you bear him who bears the universe. Rejoice, O star revealing the sun. Rejoice, O womb of divine incarnation. Rejoice, you through whom creation is renewed. Rejoice, you through whom the Creator is born a babe. Rejoice, O bride ever virgin. So we notice here in this part of the text, as every other of the 24 stanzas, has these litanies of rejoicing. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. One of my favorite parts of this last stanza, Rejoice, O height beyond human logic. 
as I try to think quite deep in philosophy and theology and try to pursue the saturating truth of God, the fullness of God's revelation in Jesus, I met with the incomprehensibility and hiddenness of God over and over again. All along, at the same time, God who makes himself somewhat comprehensible to us through human language, through enculturation, through words and signs and symbols and images, sounds, textures. But this depth of God that the hymn says is invisible even to the eyes of angels. I just love these kind of lines within the hymn. And it just generates a great, much deepened reverence for God and how God chose to reveal himself to us in such a way that one has to undergo humiliation and arrive in a place of great humility by the grace of God to discover God. They are revealed in such humble ways. Let's go on to the next stanza then. Beholding herself in purity, the Holy One courageously said to Gabriel, Your strange voice seems almost unbelievable to my soul. For how do you speak of birth-giving without seed, crying aloud, Alleluia? Seeking to know the incomprehensible knowledge, the virgin cried to him who ministered to her, how many a son be born from a virginal womb? Tell me. To her he answered in fear, yet crying thus. Rejoice, O seer of the ineffable well. Rejoice, O surety of those praying in silence. Rejoice, you the preface of Christ's miracles. Rejoice, you the pinnacle of his commandments. Rejoice, O heavenly ladder by which God descended. Rejoice, O bridge, leading those from earth to heaven. Rejoice, O miracle, much marveled of angels. Rejoice, O trauma, much dirged of demons. Rejoice, you who ineffably gave birth to the light. Rejoice, you who revealed the mystery to none. Rejoice, O knowledge, superseding the wise. Rejoice, you who enlightens the minds of the faithful. Rejoice, O bride, ever virgin. The power of the Most High then overshadowed the virgin, that she might conceive, and her fruitful womb he made a fertile meadow for all those desiring to reap salvation as they chant. Alleluia. Wow. It's hard to try to comment on the text. Again, an English translation of an originally Greek text. But just a couple more points and I'll wrap up this podcast episode and leave it to you if you feel so inspired to read the full Akathistos hymn, perhaps print it off and incorporate it somehow into your life of prayer. But what I love about this hymn it's this realism. It, it has this both-and character to it. 
talking both about heaven and earth, talking both about the will of God and all that tries to upset this will and obstruct this will. There's something about this hymn that communicates the power of contemplative prayer, prayer that is done in silent solitude. As we read about the Blessed Virgin Mary, surety of those praying in silence. She who is this heavenly ladder by which God descends for our salvation, and at the same time a bridge leading us from earth to heaven. She's a miracle in herself what's going on with this miraculous, supernatural, virginal conception of Jesus, much marveled of the angels. And yet she can be considered capital T trauma to the demons, dirged by the demons. She gives birth to the light and yet reveals the mystery to none. Everything taking place in the silence and solitude of her womb for the salvation of the world will shine forth as this redeeming light of grace that enlightens the minds of the faithful and allows us to reap salvation through the fertile meadow that is Mary, the Immaculate Conception. So this is just a sampling of the Akathistos hymn. It's a beautiful practice to try to pray, maybe even a couple stanzas a day, especially during the Advent and Christmas season, putting us more in touch with these saving mysteries of faith. So may we ourselves join the chorus with angels and saints singing the Akathistos hymn honoring and venerating the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God and Mother of the Church, as the Ark of the New Covenant made in Jesus Christ, she shields us with her clement mantle of maternal care. May we then take refuge beneath her swift intercession that defends us against our numerous spiritual adversaries. Thank you for joining me on the Catholic Fragments podcast, where you are equipped to think toward the whole, to pray from the heart, and to live as a witness 